So do you have like an intro into the song? Like a, this is the Well Said Podcast. La, you know? la, la. Yeah. <laughs> There's a song that I put on. Oh, sweet. But I, don't, I just put it in when I edit. And this week's intro song is going to be a little bit different too. may rise above your head, but I will shelter you from every tear you shed. Knee deep in a flood of memories, broken promises pull you beneath your feet. You are drowning now, but I'm within your Hold tight, I can see the sunlight. Hey guys, welcome back to the Wellside Podcast, uh, where we're talking about uh, the joy and the complexity of following Jesus in our ever-changing, ever-crazy post-Christian culture. I'm sorry that I missed you guys last week. Things got crazy with the holiday season again on us, but I'm hoping to make it up to you this week with a very special episode. Today I'm here at uh, Grace Church Bellingham, and I'm excited to be able to talk to you uh, with Sam Hebert about singing and songwriting. Uh, Sam is worship director at Grace, and he also leads a young adults Bible study. Sam has also taken some time in the past couple of years to start writing and recording some of his own music. Sam, welcome. Thank you so much. I appreciate it, man. This yeah, is going to be awesome. Yeah, we're, I'm excited. You are my first official guest on the Whoa. podcast. Yeah, this is a big deal. All right. No, no pressure. <laughs> yeah, wow. on our little podcast. Uh, That's we, amazing. I've had one guest, but uh, he was my cousin, so I don't know if it really counts. He's <laughs> from our church. He's from my crowd, so. Well, it's okay, because my first prom date was my mom, so. There you go. I mean, <laughs> you got to share. That wasn't true. That's, <laughs> That's awesome. <laughs> awesome, man. Well, so I guess I want to dive in and um, want to hear a little bit about you uh, first of all, kind of, what's your musical background, and how did you get into writing your own songs? Yeah, that's a good question. Um, yeah, so I grew up in uh, in San Diego, California, um, with parents who love music. Um, my dad was a drummer in a band in high school. Actually, they were like kind of a cover a cover band for like '80s rock music. And, oh, that's uh, awesome. Yeah, and my mom loves to sing. Um, but when I was around eight years old, we were driving. I was randomly driving with my mom and my brother, and uh, we, dr- we drove past this drum lessons place, and my brother hmm. was like, I want to I take drums. And my mom's like, okay. And then I kind of looked at her, and I said, I want to take guitar lessons. And she said, okay. Bam. So from that point on, my brother took, took drum lessons, I took guitar lessons, and then pretty early on, we started jamming with each other. And, like, funny enough, it was pretty good, like... For, That's awesome. for how young we were, but we fought all the time, so yeah. <laughs> we were literally the worst band ever. Um, and how old were you? I was eight, eight and eight or around eight or nine years old. And uh, my guitar teacher's name was PJ, and uh, he started teaching me all this theory stuff in the beginning. And I was so impatient; I just wanted to, you know, I wanted to just play um, stuff that, like, I mean, who was it back then that I was into, like Audio Adrenaline and yeah, yeah, yeah. Toby Mac and all that kind of stuff. Yeah. You know what I mean? So uh, as soon as he started teaching me guitar chords is when I really started to take it seriously and started to see, like, okay, wow, um, I really love this. Wow. And uh, when I was 11 years old, I was given the opportunity to, uh, to do worship at my church. And, and actually, it's funny because the church I grew up in, Calvary Vista, 
um, is where like Phil Wickham was from and his brother Evan Wickham was from. And, wow. Yeah, and so it's crazy. So you got a was, musical heritage there. Yeah, and it, it was such a. It's so funny because it wasn't like a huge church at all, mm-hmm. you know. And uh, I just remember doing worship with Evan in junior high and just really seeing how he led and, and how he did music. And I saw I started to see music in a different light. Huh. I started to see the worship side of it. Um, That's interesting. Like, yeah, and I was like, man, this is so cool that you can do music for the Lord. Um, and so, yeah, I just continued to do worship. And so that was heavily my background was worship songs. So I was just reading chord charts all the time. Right, yeah. Um, Basically, G, C, D. Yeah, yeah, That's exactly. your life right there, bread yeah. and butter. <laughs> oh, bread and butter, man. It still is to this day. Some things never change. Yeah, um, yeah. That, I just use, I, it's like a cheat code when you use a capo, I guess. But um, yeah. Yeah. no, so uh, I wrote my first song when I was, um, I guess when I was, Technically, when I was 10, my brother hmm. and my dad went to, uh, went to Guam on a mission trip, and I wrote a song about them being gone. It was just, like the dumbest song wow. ever. But then around that time, I wrote like three other songs, and I actually got to record them wow. um, in a studio down there. And, and it, was a, it was a buddy who had a friend who had a studio. Super random. I did it, all, it was all free. Um, I wrote two worship songs and recorded those, and uh, that was like my first recording experience. Hmm. And it was so awesome. And I just remember being like, this is what I want to do with my life. I just, I love everything about this. It's really interesting because I think, I think thinking back to childhood or maybe those early preteen days, mm-hmm. um, we all kind of go, a lot of people go through this phase of like, oh, I want to learn guitar. Mm-hmm. And um, I, I certainly went through that, took piano lessons. But not, I, I, don't, I don't see a lot of 11-year-olds who are like, taking that step further and saying, I want to write a song, you yeah. know, like taking yeah. that next step. So yeah, that, sure. that's kind of fun that that impulse was there from mm. the very beginning for you to just like, okay, I want to put it down on paper and make something. Yeah, it's, so. it's I don't know, I don't really know where that even like, came from. I, I always loved, um, I always loved writing. Like my favorite subject in school was, was English. Like I wow. loved English. I loved creative writing and I hated math. Hmm. And like the furthest I could get away from math to me in my mind was like, I'm going to go write and do what I want to do with this song. Wow. Um, and I think it was growing up in that church with those musicians. I mean, there's a ton of other guys that went there too that are, you know, successful today. Right, right, right. And so you were surrounded by people. Surrounded by yeah. people. And it was kind of, it was almost the norm mm-hmm. at our church to like do worship and write music. It was, it's weird. That's and I, cool. And I haven't seen that culture a lot. And I, I loved, I'm super blessed to be part of that because I like have been super lazy in my life in some areas. Right. And, and I think if I didn't have a set of parents who really like pushed me and encouraged more encouraged me mm-hmm. and gave me enough freedom to where writing music and doing music was my choice, mm-hmm. made me love it. And it was somewhere that I went to from mm-hmm. that point on. Mm-hmm. Um, when I was 14, I wrote my first worship song that was actually like, I'm decent, decent. Yeah. yeah. And I can play with people. I could play it with people and, and we played it in bands and stuff like that. And I got to do it. At, my dad was a, a fire chief in Oceanside. Hmm. California, and he was speaking at a 9-11 memorial service, and I uh, actually got to do that song at the memorial service. Wow, that's and so cool. It was, man, it was awesome. It was super humbling. I mean, when you do something like that, and, and people are coming up to you, and they're saying how they're encouraged, I mean, there's just, there's, I mean, especially when it's worship, there's really, you have no answer, like, wow, pat your own self, like, pat your shoulder, you know what I mean? It's it's all about, like, this is all the Lord. Right, right, right. You know You're what I mean? just open to God and Yeah, because the surrender. stuff they're telling you isn't, like, Man, your chord progression on that worship song was right. incredible, you know, because it was literally G, C, D, E minor. Right, right, right. You know, the stuff they're telling you is, man, that was so encouraging. Mm-hmm. It's the stuff that they're telling you, like, wow, God really 
moved in my heart on that one. Man, that's cool. Yeah, and so I think ever since then, writing music and, and just doing those things, that's kind of where it started. Mm-hmm. And yeah. then in, on in college, beyond college, what happened there? Yeah, so uh, this is kind of a funny story. So um, I knew I wanted to do music with my life, and you knew I was, that You knew that early on? I knew that, yeah. Uh-huh. I knew that, like, when I was... Oh, maybe when I was like 11 or 12 that I wasn't going to be a professional baseball player. <laughs> you know what I mean? like, or an astronaut. Or an or... astronaut, yeah. I mean, I loved baseball. I was decent at it, but I knew like, yeah, like I can't, I can't run. You know, mm-hmm. I, I run like there's a trailer on my back. Right. You know what I mean? <laughs> <laughs> I'm so slow. Um, and I just knew that like I wanted to do music and, and, and no matter what that was. And so um, I knew I wanted to go to college. So I... Uh, I didn't know. I knew I wanted to go to Biola so bad. I remember Biola was like the one school I wanted to go to so bad. And it's funny because um, the school I actually ended up going to, which was the Masters, well, it's called the Masters University now, but it was the Masters College when I went. Um, that was like, I, I really didn't want to go there. And I remember thinking like, ah, it's kind of middle, in the middle of nowhere. Like, you know, I've heard some, it's heard it's super conservative, kind of stuff like that. Mm-hmm. Um, well, I, I ended up, the Lord is so, it's so funny how he works things out. He totally opened the door at Masters. Um, I went there to pursue music, and I ended up, like, really loving the school. But I went in, like, not knowing how to read any music. I've been, hmm. Up to that point, I'd been playing guitar for um, 10 years, mm-hmm. you know, since I was 8. I'm 18 now, and so, at that time. Um and I'm playing guitar for, for 10 years, but I didn't know how to read music except for worship chord charts because that's, mm-hmm. like, what I played. Mm-hmm. And I knew how to jam with people and right. I could, you know, hang with people. But I took music theory, man. I got, like, a C minus, I think it was. And I was like, <laughs> man, there is a subject I don't like Shoot. more than math. You know what I mean? Like, I was like, dang. And it somehow is tied to music. So oh, it's so news. funny. <laughs> oh, yeah. And so I went in as a music major, and I was also playing baseball. And it was just two things that were just way too hard. Um, to do together, and I had, man, I had a horrible, just, I just had a horrible attitude, mm-hmm. and that didn't help anything at all either, yeah. so I just essentially looked at it, and I was like, no, this is stupid, like, I don't want to do it, and uh, I ended up dropping out of music, because it became something that was, um, to me, something I dreaded, Yeah. right, and something I was staying up till two in the morning doing this homework, instead of you know, where I'd stay up till two in the morning writing a song, and I, yeah. could, I could stay up till six in the morning, I, I love it, but when it came to doing those things, I didn't have the discipline at that time to really study it. So I dropped out of music, switched to communications, and it was really helpful for my writing again. Hmm. And it really, um, music then became something again that I could go to as a release. And um, I would say, yeah, the, maybe the music program wasn't for me, but it is an awesome program. Mm-hmm. And the friends I made in that music program, like them coming alongside me and teaching me and like talking to me like uh, really kindly, but I needed to be... You know, educated and, and educated as if connected. I was a five-year-old with music yeah, theory, yeah. you know what I mean? Because like, yeah, yeah, I just yeah. don't know. And so I'd be jamming with them, and that's how I really became a better musician, was jamming with musicians who were way better than I was. That's cool. And to this day, still doing the same thing. That's cool. And so the music became a passion again. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, something that I took seriously again. And, and I remember after dropping out of music theory, I was like, okay, maybe music isn't, you know, what I what I thought it was. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Fast forwarding a little bit here, you took an internship here at Grace Church and that was all music related. Yeah. Um, and then you were working outside of the church for a while and then you got a job here as yeah. the worship guy. Yeah. Yeah. So I, uh, my last year of college, I was the chapel band leader. So I was a worship leader at the school. Um, 
And through that experience, I heard about uh, Aaron Dixon. Mm-hmm. Uh, what's up, Aaron, if you're listening? He's probably going to, I'm, I'm going to tell him to listen to this. Yeah. He has to. <laughs> um, but Aaron Dixon, who lived up here, and he was the worship pastor at Grace, yeah. um, the church I'm at now. And he, I heard about him through one of my best friends at the school who used to go to Grace. And um, he, it was a weird connection. I overheard a conversation. I was totally eavesdropping. And I cracked a joke like, I'd be interested in that internship kind of thing. And my friend looked at me and he goes, actually, you would love this. Hmm. Connected me. I talked to Aaron for a half hour and then I had the job in a half hour wow. like interview. It was so like, we just jived so well on the phone. And I just remember being like, yeah, I want to work with this guy. And he was like, hey, we're recording a worship album up here. We're writing and recording it. Your internship would be helping out with the church worship and in the recording process and just doing things that we need. And I was like, you had me at, you know, worship pastor thing and recording. Like, right. You know what I mean? And, um, that's and, so cool. Yeah, and it was cool. So I had I finally had a plan after college of what I was going to do. And at that time, I was writing a lot. I was writing a lot of songs. Okay, so throughout this whole period, you're always writing songs. Always writing. I've been writing songs since I... I've been writing seriously. Um, I think I had, like, over 600 voice memos on my phone. of just, wow. like, just either song ideas or, like, just... And not all of them, granted, not all of them were great. A lot of them were terrible. But mm-hmm. just, like, you know, just writing stuff out. Um, were you ever writing stuff that's non-songs? Were you into yeah, were you writing? Yeah, I was really into spoken word. Huh. So I got really into spoken oh, yeah, word. Um, I got really into spoken word my sophomore year of college. And it's funny, uh, this actually has to do with writing. So I mean, spoken word is like yeah. a, big, a huge part of my writing. But um, I was a sophomore in college, and I was writing a song about um, a situation that when I was a junior high counselor, this kid, had, had his dad had left their home. And... Um, and it was the topic for that night in that uh, the study at this at this summer camp for junior hires was uh, divorce. And over like half these kids raised their hand about, you know, the question was how many of you have dealt with divorce in your families? Wow. And over half the kids like raised their hand in the group, right? And so I'm talking to one of these kids who's like the popular, one of the popular kids in the group. Mm-hmm. He's telling me this stuff and he just starts crying. And he's like, you know, I don't know why my dad left me kind of thing. And I grew up with, with loving parents who, I mean, have a, an amazing example of what a marriage is mm-hmm. and, and they love each other and I have no doubts I've never doubted for a second that they love each other or loved us or love Jesus you know what right, I mean? right. so very blessed in that scenario so I wanted a way to kind of reach um, this group and I was like man now music can be something that um, you know without overstepping my bounds and saying I completely understand because I don't right you've never been there I, I've never been there before so um, but how do I if I was in those shoes what would I say? Like, how would I deal with it? Hmm. Knowing my tendencies mm-hmm. to hold grudges, my tendencies to be prideful, my tendencies to, to hold on to hurt and those kind of things. Like, how do I put that in a scenario like that? Mm-hmm. And so I wrote this song and it was called uh, Fast Forward mm-hmm. and it was super long and really boring. And I was like, dang it, you know, I'd like the content in this thing. And then uh, I saw this spoken word video and I'd never heard of spoken word before. Yeah. And I was like, hmm, that'd be interesting. You know, what if I turned this song into a spoken word and kind of acted it out as if I was this, this kid yeah, that I'm writing wow. about? You know, that's cool. So, so I created this kind of fictional story. Well, it's funny because the EP that I released um, two years ago, the song Coming Home is that yeah, song. Yeah, that's, that's actually one of the songs I was going to ask you about. Yeah, so that's, so that's, that's, that's yeah. amazing. So that's, that's the, I made up this story uh, with this kid that I was talking about, um, with him in mind and, and kind of like, I, I kind of used what I loved with creative writing and storytelling 
and what I loved about spoken word and how passionate it is and how like freeing it is. Um, and then I kind of went, okay, how do I turn that? How do I do that with music together? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. How do I tell a story with music? And, um, so that's how I wrote. Yeah. yeah that's how coming. Yeah. Up came that's out. amazing. It's amazing how I think just the gift of words, mm-hmm. I, I've always been fascinated by the gift of words that God has given us, that he has spoken us into being. He is a speaking God. Mm. He's defined primarily by his word in the Mm. whole story of scripture. And he gives us this gift of words and how we use them every day in our conversations, but also the written word, be Mm. it in poetic, musical, or just prose. Um, there's a power there that you can, you can lay something down. You can, you can share your heart in a, in a, in a, in a way that's going to transcend and outlive you and go places you never, you never would have gone touch people you never would have touched. You know, I, so for me personally, I, I don't write a lot of poetry. I I need to, I need need to do more of it. Um, and it mostly it's been just writing, communicating, learning to put down my thoughts on paper or keyboard. Um, just that conviction that God has given us words. He's given us his word. He's put that inside of us and he's made us creatures of his word and to be able to be stewards of that and to share that and to to bring it down to a way that impacts people is just so fascinating. It's so fascinating yeah. that you can write a song and, you know, people thousands of miles away are listening to it, you mm. know, with tears in their eyes because it connects to something that they lived through mm. and you've never met them. Mm. And in heaven, you're going to talk to them and they'll be like, hey, thank you for that song. You'll be like, what? You know? Yeah. That, that's amazing. Well, it was, it was the, I think the, the biggest awakening moment with that one um, was around that time that I was writing this stuff, I wasn't doing well at yeah. all. And my life was just covered in just, whether it was sin or whether it was just pain or fear or whatever, like I was going through the ringer and some stuff. And writing songs that had nothing to do with my story, really, mm-hmm. um, like this one. And I shared it at a, at a night, and one of my best friends in college came up to me, and he was just crying. Hmm. And I'd never seen him cry before. And he's just like, he's like, I don't know how you did it, but that's exactly like what I was feeling when my dad left me. And, and again, that's a humbling moment. That's not a prideful moment of right. saying, um, yeah, that's because I'm a good writer. Right. Like, right. no, it's not. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, heck no. That's because Jesus himself decided to bless the song and bless that guy with this song. Right. Right. Because if you're, if you're a character in his story, you know that his, his word inhabits you. The Holy mm. Spirit lives inside you and he works through you in ways you never thought. Amen. Yeah. So that, that it's amazing. Well, it's, and that's so funny because I can write a line that I'm like, I love this line. And I can show it to someone they're like, eh. Yeah, yeah, you know yeah. what I mean? And that's just, again, that's, I mean, music is relative and all these things and I get that. But I think at the same time, it's like, you know what? What the Lord uses is going to be awesome. I yeah. think I think that song coming home, I think there's some really cheesy parts in it. If I'm yeah. being completely honest, <laughs> I'm not in love with the song Yeah. as an objective view on it. But people have told me they're really encouraged by it, so I'm not going to take it down. Yeah, yeah. Because God can still use it in these things, right? Yeah. Um, and so and I think you hit it on the nose when you said we're, you know, we're able to yeah. do these things. It's a gift. Like, it's not an obligation, right? We, we see it, we, we reflect on it, we're like, wow, God has given us these words to say, like, how can we not share them? Right. You know what I mean? Yeah. It's so humbling, man. Like, Lord, why would you choose to allow us to give you glory?
this dream was once my own To be a star on the road But the only thing I dream of Is the road that takes me home So, in, you know, this kind of, you already hit on this question, but how would you summarize it? Why do you write songs? I mean, it's kind of a, it's a very simple question, but then, like, yeah, some people who may be listening have never written anything, and mm. um, they don't even understand why, you know, where yeah. does this come from? Why do you write? Yeah. Um, yeah, I think that question is kind of, that can be two, taken two ways. Um, one is, what's, what's your motivation for writing? And I think the other is, um, why do you feel like you have something to say? Mm, mm-hmm. You know what I mean? And uh, I think I think the answer to why I write is because I love it. Mm-hmm. I love writing. Yeah. I just it's it's what I love doing. As simple as that sounds, but I think also, um, it's it's my getaway. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's kind of funny. What I always I I try to like force myself to take breaks because I don't want to like over. I don't want to overdo it, you know, because I'm doing... Overdo worship. the creative process. Yeah, or... either that or I'm just doing worship a lot, and I'm doing a lot of music for, you know, I mean, it's what I do. I do worship at a church, and yeah. so, and I play for, you know, Sunday, Wednesday, Tuesday, and, and other events and stuff like that. So I don't want to, like, overwork myself, but it's so funny when I, for me, taking a break is going home and grabbing my guitar and, like, mm. writing something. Mm-hmm. It's always my getaway, and it's really how I journal, mm. and it's almost how I pray mm-hmm. in a lot of ways. Mm-hmm. Um and it's how I express my heart. And w- another awesome thing about it, and this isn't why I originally wrote, but I think it's really cool now to look back at songs that I've wrote in times of, like, agony. Mm-hmm. And then to see, like, wow, Lord, thank you. Like, you brought me out of that. Mm-hmm. You know, I, it's so cool to see, Lord, how you um, how you spoke into my life there. Mm-hmm. And so I can look back on these songs in times of pain now and say, no, no, no. Like, I remember I wrote that back then, and he brought me out of that, so I know he's going to bring me I know he's faithful to bring me out of this yeah. again. You know, um, it's just, I mean, I, I've always been an open guy. I've always yeah. been super, I don't care what people think of me, really. Right. I don't care about being really open with people and vulnerable, and sometimes it makes people uncomfortable, but yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't care. You know yeah, what I mean? Yeah. Like, I'm willing to embarrass myself, and, and I don't care. And, and I think one of the best ways to reach somebody, like, my biggest, the people I look up to the most and the people I respect the most are the people I know are imperfect. Mm-hmm. People I know have failed yeah. and are um, honest and open about it. And I just think there's something so powerful when you do that with music because music is a universal language. I think more so the gospel is a universal language. Mm-hmm. And when you put those two together, when you put honesty with music together, something awesome happens. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's interesting how that works kind of both ways because um, creativity, be- in a sense, it becomes a release. Like it, it's a mm-hmm. way that you can make sense of stuff. Although 
the you know so a secular framework a non-christian worldview would would use creativity as a means of discovering truth looking inside yourself yeah. where we as christians we don't believe that truth is found in you truth is found in, in in the lord and in his word but he has given this tool of of creativity to help us process yeah and lots of times you end up rediscovering biblical mm. truths as you are creating something about them you know yeah so i've never written a song but Sometimes when I sit down to write an idea, like it's bugging me, it's in my head, I got to get it out. But when I write it, I'm like, whoa, this just opened up yeah. three other doors. Like I didn't see that. It's like a discovering yeah. process. Yeah. Um, so that's, I think that's just amazing how that can happen sometimes. Mm. It's like, like you're saying, it's a release. It's like you, you can't not do it. Yeah. Um, but then at the other, on the other hand, it goes the other way too. Um, the universal language thing, like, um, you know, beauty gathers a crowd no matter yeah. what, you know? Mm-hmm. And, and God's grace is visible in the fact that beauty is all around us. Even people who reject him can make beautiful things. Mm. As a Christian, you look at that and you, you're like, wow, you know, that's beautiful and yet it's still broken. But as Christians, I think understanding the, the importance of beauty and art and creativity as a vehicle to communicate our joy in Christ mm. and his story in us. It's like, it's so huge. And I feel like that's an untapped thing in the church. A lot of a lot of Christians and a lot of maybe churches in general, pastors, they don't realize um, the gospel witness potential of the creative members of the, the church. Yeah. The creatives are oftentimes undervalued and under-discipled mm. in the church because they're not seen as yeah. as as warriors in the kingdom for the yeah. gospel. Yeah, I think that's that's a that's a great point. I mean, if I were to I mean if we were to ask fifty people what is worship I wonder how many of those people would mention music, mm-hmm. you know, as like the first thing. Mm. Oh, it's usually like a band that gets up there on Sundays and does music. Yep. Yep. But it's not just music. Right. And then so looking at that, it's not saying, so it shouldn't be music. It's saying, so let's discuss why music. Right. And I think it's because music is a powerful tool and it's something we are commanded to do in the Bible. But that's not all we're commanded to do with worship, right? Right. But when you combine that music with theology and with truth and with honesty and brokenness from broken vessels like right something unifying happens and that's really what i love about music is people can be in the different genres mm-hmm. you know you can like rock music and i can like hip-hop right right but we both deal with struggle we both deal with pain we find the solution we find some of those solutions in music in those different genres but that's the thing that combines us together with worship it's so cool because you're talking and you're you're worshiping with people from all different backgrounds and different struggles who are loved by the same God. Mm-hmm. And okay. you're talking about the gospel and you're singing, you're responding to the gospel. And that's something that really brings people together. Right. Um, I was just talking about this today with somebody, like we were talking about the genre of screamo music and I'm, I'm pretty far from screamo music with my style. Right. But one thing I really appreciate about it is that the people that go to those concerts, the music where it comes from is rock bottom. Mm-hmm. It's like pain, it's struggle. Mm-hmm. You know, but their message, a lot of the message in those is you're not alone and um, you can find it within yourself to overcome this. Mm. But there's a, there's sometimes, and, and there's some Christian screamo bands that do it really well, but sometimes the opportunity is missed and not just screamo music, I guess, but a lot of music. If you're talking to vulnerable people sometimes who are broken and, and hurting and you have an opportunity in that moment to speak truth yeah, in such a powerful moment. And even if I'm not doing a worship song at a show, 
I'm allowing conversations to happen after. Mm-hmm. I'm allowing, I, I'm very open about what my songs are about. Mm-hmm. When I ask me what they're about, I will tell you, I'll be an open book for you. Um, but I just love those like post-show conversations with people about the music and why I wrote certain things and, and, and just encouraging each other, really, because mm-hmm. it goes both ways. Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, it has that stirring effect uh, on the heart where yeah. it's not just the music happens and everything's done. No, no, no. Music brings people together and it gets them talking. Yeah, that totally That's does. really cool. I didn't yeah. think about that. So in, in connection to that, so, uh, you know, some people, again, uh, you've probably met people who are like, well, wait a minute, you're a Christian, aren't you? So yeah. isn't, isn't every song that you write supposed to be about Jesus and how he died on the cross and for our sins and that we need to repent and believe in him and we go to heaven? Afterwards, like, isn't every single song supposed to be about Jesus? Why are you writing here about love and kisses and <laughs> and dreams and fathers leaving and yeah. you know where mm. where's Jesus and all of that? How would you how would you respond to that? I would say they're completely right. I need to change my music completely. Yeah. <laughs> um, no, and I think it goes back to honesty. I mean, look at David in the Psalms. Right. You know what I mean? I don't, there's a lot of Psalms I don't sing in a church. Right. Like, right. God, where are you? you know I mean? Right, where are you, where are you? Yeah, I'm, where are you? I'm crying. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I'm covering my couch with tears. Exactly. I'm sobbing. And those things, I mean, they have they can have their place in a church and, and special music kind of thing. But um, no, and, and it's so funny because for so long I wrestled with, I feel like I have a gift with writing non-worship songs. And I, hmm. I'm doing finger There you quotes. go, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, with doing non-worship songs. And I feel like I'm reaching people with non-worship songs. Um, but, and that's what I want to do, but I wrestled with that selfish thing because that's what I want to do. Right. And I never really prayed about it. And, I, never, and, and you're you know, not, you're not telling the gospel. So you're just robbing the exactly. spotlight from Jesus. And I would even try to justify it with, okay, well then I'll have the, you know, I'll make sure that in every interview I do that I'm like, it's all because of Jesus, it's all because of Jesus, you know, those kind of things. And, uh, it was almost like I was viewing God in that light as you're a dictator. Hmm. and you're going to take away my gift if I don't use it for you, necessarily. Mm-hmm. Um, and then a year ago, I was having a conversation with uh, a guy named Uriah, who's a worship pastor in this area. And I was talking about, you know, gifts and, and um, what what the word, like, gift means, of, like, God has gifted you with something and, like, a talent or whatever. And uh, and I was like, you know, he just, uh, I, I was like, do you think he takes them away? Like, do you think he takes the gifts away from people? And, and there's certain situations where I think he does. But, but Uriah was like, no, man, I think... God gives you it a gift, and it's a gift. Mm-hmm. He like gives it to you without any like, you know. There's no, there's nothing tied to the end of it. Mm. Like, you have to do this in order to, you know. If you don't do this, then you failed at life. Or right, whatever. right, right. Here it is, and and it just opened my eyes to to see. Oh my gosh, I'm free to do with this gift what I want to do. Now I don't want to use it to destroy the name of God. I'm not right. going to do all these things, sure, but I can still use it to encourage and uplift people and do these things, and um, or meet them where they're at. Mm-hmm. A lot of my problem with, with some music um, is that it doesn't it doesn't meet people where they're at and stay there. Mm-hmm. It meets them for a brief second mm-hmm. in music, and then it says, I was there, but now everything's, you know, butterflies and rainbows. And Jesus it's all opened good. up the skies. Jesus opened up the believe. skies. Yeah, yeah but yeah. dude, there was like six years of my life that I was depressed, mm-hmm. and I was like walking, slouching everywhere I went, and I was living in constant fear. And constant agony and constant pain. And in those moments, what song am I going to write to that guy? What am I going to say to that guy? Yeah. Because he's heard, like I heard so many people say, no, 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 man, you're free in Christ, you're free in Christ. But it takes the Lord working on my heart and changing my heart to really change that. Right. So with my music, 
I've justified in my head because it's like, you know what? I'm, I'm releasing a song called Snow Globe in January, and I've showed it to a couple friends, and a couple of them said, like, man, this is really encouraging. And the word, it hit, the word encouraging hit me like it's never hit me before mm-hmm. because I wrote that song out of a frustration, mm. out of a time of pain, and I wrote it because of that to release this kind of agony that I was feeling. And for someone to hear it and be like, that was an encouraging song. Mm-hmm. And it's not because they misunderstood it. Right. They heard it and they were like, wow, that was so encouraging for me to like get out of this box I'm living in or this right. snow globe. Yeah, whatever. yeah, yeah. And I was like, I, I just thanked the Lord. I was like, Lord. You know. And I felt like he was telling me, Sam, just because it's your desire doesn't mean it's not also mine. And I was putting bounds on God. And I'm trying to figure out how to phrase this because I was putting bounds on God. Like if it's what I want to do, then that means it's not what God wants to do. Mm-hmm. Because what God mm-hmm. wants me to do is sacri- like sacrificial yeah. love, sacrifice. Everything for the Lord means dying to all of myself. Yeah. It's going to have to. That's a lie, man. Like you're not allowed to have fun yeah. if you believe in Jesus. Yes. Uh, and you're not allowed to be free, sort of, well, which some is of, false. Yeah, exactly. And some of the music that's spoken to me the most in my life are by guys I don't know if, I don't think they're believers. Right. I don't necessarily, you know, Ed Sheeran, I don't know where, I, don't, I have right. no idea where he stands, but Ed Sheeran's uh, Small Bump, you know, Give Me Love, those kind of songs that are like storytelling and they hit me and I'm like, oh my gosh, mm-hmm. that's truth right there. Praise the Lord, I have a God to go to with that truth. Right. Um, so you can say true things, you can say true and beautiful things without always every single time having to come to the gospel at the end of every single sentence you do. Yeah. Right. And, and, I, th- and I think yeah. God wants us to do it that way. Right. Like mm-hmm. otherwise there would be no such thing as Christian uh, literature or Christians who write literature or paint yeah. paintings yes. or, you know, like he, he makes the sun rise every single day and Amen. then, you yeah. know, like the, the mountains and the, the, yeah. the waves and the, and the oceans, like his, basically God's glory is on display in all beauty. Yeah. Um, and he is the author of salvation. Yeah. He's the one who's going to change hearts. He's the one, he's the one that's going to speak to people. And I th- and it, I think people too have this, and I might I might I don't know I might upset some someone I don't know, <laughs> but I think some people say well no you're given this platform so you're obligated, right to do these things, okay number one none of us are obligated, right it's it's a get to mentality mm-hmm. I get to share about Christ right I right. get to it's do these gift. things it's a gift exactly, and if I'm given the opportunity like I hope I hope the Lord gives me the strength to do that, um, but even then. I'm not going to make it so like out of the blue of like trying to like sell this product. Right. You know what I mean? Um, if someone's asking me about my song, I'm going to be honest about what it's about yeah. completely. Uh, I think what a lot of creative people yeah. don't understand in this question, it, and it, it is a tough question. It's a tension, right? Because how totally. much do I bring to the gospel? Because basically I can sing all the great songs about lament that I can, but if I don't help people see Jesus, they're still stuck. Like I can encourage yeah. somebody, but you it's not enough to encourage someone out of hell. Yeah. So you're still, you know, you still, the gospel is still the gospel. It still saves. And it's the only thing that saves. But I think what a lot of Christians especially don't understand is that the artists especially is um, you're not every single song you write or, or article you write or poem you write is your entire testimony. Yeah. You are. Yeah. You are the testimony. Yeah. And so you write Amen. a lot of different songs, but you yes. go and you say, I am a changed person because of Jesus. Amen. And here's some songs about it. Here's Amen. when I was crying and I was depressed. Yeah. And you know what? I can sing that song and I still have hope today because I can sing the song with joy. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Seriously. Yeah. yeah. And I think that's the thing too is I don't want people to question whether I'm a believer or not. Right. I want them to know I'm a believer. Yeah. Because I'm not ashamed of it. 
Yeah. I'm not ashamed. I'm a believer mm-hmm. at all. And so I don't want anyone to have to question, you know, is Sam, if they're really curious, then they can look at an interview Boom. or something. Yeah. yeah. And I want, I want them to know like, yeah, I grew up in a church and I, that's not because, you know, but I, I love Jesus yeah. with my life yeah. and I have hope and no, I'm not living in this, this darkness that I'm talking about. I think the other thing yeah. to add to that, I, cause I, um, you know, thinking about that with writing and all these things, I think, um, there's a quote from, uh, Tolkien where he says, basically, where do his, all his stories come from? Mm. And he described it as um, his stories, they arise out of the leaf mold of his mind. And, and basically, the picture that he's painting there is that all the things that he reads and he takes in, he, he takes into his heart and his mind, they're like leaves dropping onto mm. the, the bottom of his mind, and it creates this mulch, this compost earth of, of fertile life-giving, you know, ideas that spring up, you know? So everything you make comes from somewhere, right? Yeah. And it comes from the stuff that you digest. So I think as, and I think that's where, the, you know, this is a modern tension, I think, today of the world tells you that um, don't look outside of you, look inside of you and create whatever's in there. And that's truth, basically. Mm. Um we say it comes from God, but God puts that stuff into your heart. So yeah. I think Christians who are navigating this have to understand there's, there's two polar uh, opposites here. You need to create whatever's on your heart, yes, mm. but also worry about filling your heart with amazing stuff. So yeah. let that mulch, let that leaf mold of your mind be Christ-exalting truth, mm. and then create. Just be free. Create. Yeah, and there's freedom in create. Yeah, 100 100%. 100%. I think Tolkien Tolkien should have wrote uh, some songs because that sounds pretty. He wrote a lot yeah. of songs, but they're elven, mulch. Yeah. elven songs, <laughs> <true>. elven language. <laughs> yeah, exactly. But I mean, it, I mean, look at that example. Look at Lord of the Rings. Yeah. Like I can talk. To, I can have a gospel conversation with someone about oh, Lord of the man. Rings. Oh yeah. You know what I mean? And he he infused it with Christian truth. Yeah. Um, but he didn't do it explicitly. And the mm. thing is, that book has become. I, I think it's the. It's the book of the century, actually. It's been officially voted as book of the century. Yeah. Um, I think it was like 10 years ago or something Oh, that's like that. really cool. It, yeah. It's like, I mean, one of the top-selling books besides from the Bible. I mean, it's insane how popular that book is mm. because the truth that was buried and shaped in his heart was mm. so thick. That, that, that mulch was so thick with gospel reality. Yeah. And then when he just created this world, mm. it's uh, like y- you can't. There, you know, where's the Christ figure in The Lord of the Rings? Yeah. Well, he's actually in every character. Yeah. There's a Christ figure in all of them. Yeah. Um, I, well, I think there's a, there's a sense of excellence, too. Oh, yeah. And I, I think that's, that's a huge thing, is that you're not going to reach a lost people who don't listen to worship music. You're not going to reach them with a song that's really cheesy. Mm-hmm. And, like, you know, talking about God in a way that's, like, really light and doesn't hit yeah. home for people. Yeah. They're not going to want to listen to it. Yeah. And I'm not saying so I'm stepping into the world and I'm, you know, I'm going to like give in to certain things so I can reach certain people. Like right. that's not what I'm saying. And I think people misconstrue that Yeah. with people like Lecrae and people like Andy Minio. Yeah. They say, okay, they, those guys went into, you know, oh, it's... They've compromised. Lecrae's on Wild and whatever show was with Nick Cannon. He's, he's compromised. And it's like, dude, Lecrae's like interacting with these people. He's having conversations that we don't see. Yeah. And, well, and on... he shares about that. They, yeah. they text him. People, superstars are texting and calling him that. like, hey, I'm, I'm, I'm scared. I'm struggling. Yeah, like, That's real. That's, like, that's real stuff. And, uh, and I'm not saying he's perfect, and he wouldn't even say he's perfect. Yeah. He's apologized for some things. Yeah, that happens. Yeah. We're all human. Andy Minio goes on Sway in the Morning. 
you know, Sway's interviewed like Kanye West and all these guys, and and Andy Mayo goes on Sway in the morning, and Lecrae was was talking about it, I was talking about Andy and Sway's relationship, and Lecrae was like, it's so cool, Andy's good friends with Sway, and like they actually get along really well, and they have conversation. He has like gospel, like it's just so cool to see Andy. He's one of my biggest inspirations. Yeah, and so th- I mean that's the kind of stuff I'm talking about. Is Andy's real in his music? Yeah, these guys are real in their music and not ashamed of their faith. Yeah, there's that two part. Pe- there's two parts there. He they're rich in gospel truth, and then they're really good at what they do, and they do yeah. it. And it, like mm. watching some of those interviews, you know, watching the Sway interview, yeah. or there was another one, uh, Breakfast Club. I don't know if you yeah. watched the Breakfast yeah. Club. Yeah, that's really good. The cool thing, like you're watching the videos and mm. you watch these people, and they. They're actually really interested to talk to these guys. Oh yeah, they're really interested to talk to Lecrae. Yeah. They're like, "Hey, Lecrae, wait, but but you don't go clubbing, huh? Why, why don't you do that?" Like, <laughs> yeah, exactly. They, they poke them and yeah. they do it out of funniness, kind of. But there's also like this more serious. They're they're, they're they, curious. They're gravitating. Why? Yeah. Are you, what, how are you satisfied if yeah. you're not doing all this? Yeah. Stuff? Yeah. yeah. And exactly. Proverb, Proverbs says, "You excel in what you do. You stand before kings." Mm. Um, God opens doors, but you got to be good at he it. He totally does. And that's something I was telling. When I was really considering doing music, I had a conversation with my brother, and it was, dude, it was so funny. This is like one of the, this is probably the defining moment in my songwriting life. Um, I was at this wedding, and my girlfriend at the time, who I had bought this ring for and all this stuff, like had broken up with me, and it was like mm. this heartbreaking, as a as a 17-year-old kid, just like, oh, my life is over, you know? Yeah. And, yeah. and I'm at this wedding, and they're, they're uh, the bride and groom are dancing, and they're dancing to the song that, like, we called our song, right? Mm, we mm, mm. And it was, it's funny, it was Jason Mraz's I Won't Give Up, oh, which yeah. is so funny because that's exactly <laughs> what happened. You know, I Won't Give Up on Us is so funny. Um, and I'm, like, sulking, and it's totally like this, you know, drama movie or romantic comedy, I guess yeah. you can call it. And my brother, like, puts his hand on my shoulder, and he goes, hey, man, like, and I'm expecting him to say something like, dude, there's nothing fish in the sea. Like, you can be okay. And yeah, yeah. He turns to me and he's like, hey, I've been listening to the songs you're writing lately and they all suck. <laughs> <laughs> you know? <laughs> and I was oh, like, yeah, I was awesome. like, what the heck? And, uh, but no, he, he, he followed it up. He didn't just leave it there. He said, yeah, you're writing about fairy tales. And it's funny he says that because I was writing a song about a fairy tale. Mm. And he's like, you're writing all these love, you know, all these love songs that you're not, experiencing yeah they're fake they're fake exactly and he was like dude they're so cheesy he was like right you know and I turned to him and I was like well I don't want to be a sellout like I don't want to be a worship you know kind of guy and I had a like I had a horrible attitude towards just the worship industry in general oh, interesting so bad and it was so stupid I was just pride. I was a prideful kid mm-hmm. and um I was like, I don't want to be a sellout. My brother's like, I'm not telling you to be a sellout. He's like, I'm telling you to write from where you're at. Right. He said, God's going to use whatever you do hmm. for his glory. And if it's his plan for you to be a musician, he's going to do it. But you had to write from like where you're actually, you know, you got to write from truth. Right. And uh, that was the defining conversation that changed my life for music forever. Hmm. And I went home that night and I wrote the most depressing song ever. Hmm. And it was one of the best songs I've written, I think, like one of the most honest songs. And it, Writing that song really helped me in that moment. And so I think just writing from a true, honest heart is going to reach somebody. Kind of connecting to that and another kind of follow-up or maybe final question. You're doing this young adults group thing. Um, So you're interacting with young adults who are processing their faith, who are trying to live. Uh, You have some friends who have struggled with doubt, Mm. um, Christianity, church, you know, tensions. Um, so any just any thoughts on your observations on 
the importance of good, honest music, art, creativity at the cross-section of faith and doubt. Yeah, I think, uh, I think when you get to that age um, where you're, it's kind of defining like who you are as a person, not just who your identity in Christ is, but what you're going to do with your life. I think you're, <laughs> I know you're smart enough at that point to understand what's true, like who's, I mean, who's being honest with you and who's not. Mm-hmm. And I think having honest art, mm-hmm. of this is what I'm struggling with and this is who I am, and being who you are actually in life, in your music or in your art, people are going to respond to that. And people are going to see that you're being honest with them. Mm-hmm. And I think with, with college students, um, it's important to be yourself and not not act like you're this older, wiser person. Mm-hmm. I, mean, I don't know. I'm, mm-hmm. I'm, I'm 24. Yeah. I'm not that much out of You're just age. outside that range. I'm just outside of that range a little bit. But you have to be open and honest with the young adult generation and say, hey, like, faith is life, not. Yeah, faith is not this perfect little... Faith is not this perfect little thing, and mm-hmm. life is hard. I think we kind of assume stupidity sometimes, mm-hmm. and it's so detrimental to that generation. And, 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 and we assume that um, they can't see through fakery in the church exactly. and authority figures. Mm. It's like, oh, just because I'm a pastor and I can say these big words about the Bible, you're going to believe me. You're going to listen to me, son. Yeah. Well, it's like, that's probably one of the biggest reasons why young people become disillusioned with the church is a lack of honesty. Yeah. We're not asking people to dilute the gospel. No. But young people need to know that the gospel needs us where we are. Amen. And it's and that's the thing too, man. It's the One of the coolest things I've learned in my life is I always look back and kind of go, man, I was such an idiot last year. But that happens every year. Yeah. Like, man, I was so stupid last year. And it's this constant state of growing. And then it's also, and this, and this is a big thing too, it's like Paul says in Philippians, to count others is more significant than yourself, right? So that means, and, and his whole presentation of the gospel is incredible. And, you know, where God like lavishes grace upon mm-hmm. you, full wisdom and insight. I can learn that message from a junior higher too. Mm-hmm. I can learn from a college student. Why is it that I just assume I know way more than him or mm-hmm. I can't learn from them or it's just like this sense of, I don't mm-hmm. know, so it's, it's seeing them as, yes, people that you want to, like, yeah, I want to counsel them because I love them and I want to, like, make sure that, you know, they're okay and that they're loved and all these things. And that's, that's a huge thing is mm-hmm. letting them know that they are loved. Mm-hmm. But I think it's also like, man, this is a two-way street. How can oh, I yeah. learn from them as well? It's a, they're fellow saints. And if you Amen. believe yeah. that... All of scripture shows us that the life of the church is a body. There's give and take everywhere. And so it's not just this like, you're my little disciple. I'm going to yes. you know, train you up. Well, it's like there is a sense of authority. That's mm. true. Sure, I can know more. Sure, I can even have more biblical wisdom. However, I, I need this interaction with this young person mm. just as much as they need it because I, wanna be, I need to be encouraged by their life. I need their witness. I need their presence in my Amen. life. I it's, need their prayers. It's right? relatability. You relate yeah. with each other. It's yeah. relationships. I mean, that's, what, that's what's huge. It's you relate with each other, and that's why I love writing music. That's why I love music because the people that are going to come and listen to my music are people that are going to relate to it. Mm-hmm. And there's this automatic unity. Mm-hmm. And it's not a, I'm better than you because I'm the one who wrote it. It's mm-hmm. a, I'm here with you and I'm fighting with you. Mm-hmm. Amazing, man. So, wow, it's so much cool stuff to talk about. I feel like mm. I'm definitely going to be back here. Also, because yeah. this studio is so amazing. Yeah, man. Welcome um, to the room. Yeah, I'll, 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 I'll uh, post a picture for you guys uh, to come check it out. Um, Thank you so much for taking the time. Thank you, man. I feel like we can keep talking for hours and hours. I know. Yeah.
uh, at this point, that. you you're the first official guest, and it's also the longest episode we've done. So hey, this is awesome. You got you cool. got two uh, two badges <laughs> there. Sweet. Um, you guys, really awesome music. Sam's making. He's just starting out, but it's just amazing. Go check it out. What's the best place to find it? Just Spotify. Um, so yeah, the old EP is on Spotify. That was like an acoustic EP. So. Um, <laughs> Yeah, there's there's some good tunes on there, but I love um, it. It's yeah. good stuff, man. <laughs> yeah, thanks, man. We're we're releasing a new one um, in January called Snow Globe. That's that's gonna be the newest one coming out. You can follow um, my Instagram page, which I'm posting all the updates on that. That's yeah. Samuel Allen Music. So at Samuel Allen Music, so you can follow that. Okay, I um, thought it was Samuel Hebert Music. I changed it. Yeah. Oh, okay, I didn't yeah, see man. that. Cool. Yeah. At Samuel Allen Music. Yeah. Um, or there, or just Sam Hebert on Spotify. Samuel Samuel Hebert on Spotify and iTunes. I'm going to change that name uh, when I release Snow Globe, but for now, yeah. Cool, cool. Yeah, man. Wow. Thanks so much for taking the time, man. Yeah, absolutely. Um, yeah, you guys, if you have been benefited from this podcast episode, let us know what you think. We always love to hear what you think. Uh, send us a quick review on iTunes and share it with, an, uh, with a friend uh, because that's the best way we keep these conversations going. Thank you so much for hanging in there with us and for listening for another week. We'll see you next week. You got different hair, mine's barely there, but you still call me cute. And you blow me away every single day. I'm a kid at 62. And I'm a fool for you. I'm head over heels, it's true. And it never gets old when you say... I love you <laughs> Now we used to walk fast Never looking back Now we sit with the kids Reminisce of the past And we talk about our wedding day As if we never had And I still get chills when you say I do And it never gets old When you say I love you And I love you too Now we may not be perfect In any way But I still stand amazed Undeserving of your grace and the look within your eyes will never age Because you love me just the same as on our wedding day Now I'm a fool for you, I'm head over heels, it's true And I still get chills when you say I do And after all these years I'm still gets old when you say I love you too oh and I love you baby mm-hmm. and it never gets old and it never gets old